0: Discipleship is a huge component of the Christian life, but what is discipleship? And to what degree is it even necessary in our life? In other words, how do we do discipleship right?
1: Well, let's talk about it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast.
0: Tana Bobana. I'm in South Carolina, you're in Florida, I'm in the promised land, you're still stuck in Heathenville. <laughs> hey, when it comes to discipleship, <laughs> we'll see how this conversation goes remotely. We talked about this the last episode, this will probably be a series, uh, and rather than just a two episode kind of thing, I think there's a lot of, you know dimensions to explore with discipleship, Tanner. So, you know, we talked about discipleship, what it looks like, defining it as best as we can and giving some practical legs to discipleship in our lives. And so, you know, today um, the conversation is going to start off with, you know, this question. uh, What are some steps that people who are in any kind of discipleship context, if they're parents, if they're leaders, if they're uh, pastors, if they're you know supervisors at work, or even just you know workers, whatever they are, what are some steps we can practically take when it comes to discipleship uh, to make discipleship more of a priority in our realm of leadership? Um, whether the leadership is expressed in a family home setting or a church setting, or even as creators, online creators, so all these different ways um, these. I guess, callings on our life that God has positioned us in. How can we make Mm. discipleship a priority? What are some general principles that come to mind for you?
1: Yeah, I think what comes to mind first is, um, a way that we can show that discipleship is a priority in our lives is by making it a part of our daily, weekly routine. And, uh, i had put a question a little bit like after I, I sent the questions over to you, and it's uh where does the discipleship start? And I think that that's a, a good way to uh, remind yourself where discipleship is founded on, and that is in our intimate time with God. So to point that to the, the question is I, I think that discipleship and the way that we can make it kind of practical in our lives is by making it a habit in our lives, whether it's uh, in our in our family realms, uh, if it's, you know, going to church, uh, making Sunday a priority with your family, being in community, making sure that those habits are, uh, are set for your family, those routines are a part of your uh, weekly, monthly, daily lives uh, with your families. Um, also, just I think it's it's Hebrew's ten where it says um to not fail to meet with one another to gather with one another um I think it's important for us to have a routine where we are consistently meeting people that are uh, basically outside of our immediate family where we can have uh friends that are close like family, and you and i we have you know friends that are close like family, and you know we try to make it a habit to to talk and if it's not necessarily in person. Uh, you know, we have a guys chat, uh, where we are all over the nation now and, uh, but we make it a habit to meet with one another, to check in on one another. And I think that that is in a sense, um, it is relational. Um, but I do think that discipleship is interwoven in those, um, in those conversations, in those groups and things like that. So give yourself opportunity, a routine, to have a consistent way to have a plug where you can get disciples or be a disciple maker.
0: So your answer to what are some steps that we can take to make discipleship our priority? Your answer is make it a priority because, because when anything you, when, when you want anything to win it, win it, win it, this is so weird to be like, just talk, looking at the screen and not having you in the room, but we're making it happen when it comes to like anything that you want to make a priority. Um, it's your choice how much uh, effort you'll put into making that a part of your rhythm uh, and daily life and routine. And so when you decide mentally, I want something to be a priority, I want discipleship to be a priority, but then you don't take the steps necessary to begin integrating that into your daily rhythm and lifestyle, mm-hmm. well, The very fact that you're not taking it seriously proves you don't actually desire it as much as you claim to. Otherwise, it would be, there'd be more, you know, legs to that thing. So when it comes to making discipleship a priority, you and I, people listening, we got to think about how, where in our life and our rhythm can we begin to cultivate almost this pattern, this routine, not in a bad way, but a good kind of routine and rhythm of discipleship where what does that look like and people can get overwhelmed with that question tanner just honestly uh we're already overwhelmed and and somewhat overloaded with life as it is and that can add almost another dimension of burden to us where we go now i gotta think about how to take my already you know complex life jam-packed to the full and throw in something else called discipleship you're telling me I got to put the effort into that when I don't have time to like feed my kids. And well, I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that frustration is valid and real. Mm-hmm. It's not just mm-hmm. about seeing discipleship compartmentalized from every other facet of your life, but looking at everything in your life, you're already doing and saying, how can I put a twist on this to make that discipleship? Take all your daily responsibilities and, Take your daily routine, take you going to the gym, you taking the herbs in the morning with your kids sitting there going, Can you make me breakfast, breakfast, breakfast? You think about everything in your daily routine and go, How can discipleship be naturally, organically a part of that moment or, you know, dimension of my life? Going to work, Uh in traffic tempted to scream at people like how can and not that every moment of my life has to be filled with some kind of discipling someone where it's like I'm always on the phone sure. with someone, got a disciple, right? No, it's it's actually just like consider when you're typically around people on a routine basis and how discipleship can be naturally implemented into those moments instead of going, I gotta separate my life No, no, discipleship should be integrated yeah. in your life, not compartmentalized from the rest of it. So, you know, what are some effective ways to disciple um, practically? Because, you know, we talk about church context. We talk about being parents. Mm. We talk about, you know, being creators or being leaders in some capacity or, you know, just just being faithful employees at our job or teachers. Any degree of leadership and authority God has given us, how can we, you know, implement discipleship in that and effectively begin Discipling people and maybe a second question to that is how do I practically look at my already crazy life And see it through the lens of discipleship. How do I recognize those mm. those opportunities? Instead of trying to force something what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think you need to overwhelm yourself when it comes to Discipleship. I think discipleship comes more naturally than it does like we talked about last week There's a, a system and a process where you can plan it or when it comes spon- becomes spontaneous and um, I think, yes, there there are ways that we can look and and evaluate our lives and see, okay, what can I sacrifice? Like what is taking up my time where I can actually replace that and maybe join a group and join, you know, because honestly, like if I look at my life, I know that there's – there like I have a busy work week and things like that. But I know that there's ways that I can make it happen where I could – you know, get myself in a group for an hour and a half, you know, on a Wednesday night or something like that. And yes, there are people who might not be in that situation where it is really overwhelming. And it's like, okay, like I have a insane work schedule. I got to run my kid to this practice and then go and pick up, you know, this kid. And then I got to go and, you know, do grocery runs and, you know, all that stuff. Right. But I think like, even, For example, like what I have done, uh, I talked about that guy's group chat, right? Where uh, we, we meet as, you know, weekly as we possibly can. And when we do meet, sometimes I'm actually at work. And again, like I said, it doesn't have to be necessarily in person. So this is where the practicality comes, where I can, like, I mean, you have a Discord, right? Jason has a Discord where you can hop on and it's a part of Above Approach Ministry where you can hop on the Discord, and there's people that are on there all the stinking time chatting it up and having Bible studies and just talking about life, and it's things like that where I can just use something that I have literally in my pocket um, to hop on and get prayer and open up and, you know, all of that stuff, and so, like, I just, I'll hop on the guys' chats, and I'm driving in my truck at work, and I'll have my headphones in and I'm listening to the conversation, not necessarily talking, but I'm at least present. And so that's a practical way. But again, like I said, you know, first take a step back and look and say, you know, what am I doing that might be actually a distraction from me getting into my uh, place of where I can be discipled or be a disciple maker? Um, Because there are ways that we can make it happen, you know, believe it or not. Um, But I know, again, there's some people that are in situations that it's, it's very overwhelming to think about. And again, I think it does come more naturally, um, and in, in different moments, like in your routine. Like, I think it really does happen that way where I'm, for me, I'm at work. I find ways to have conversations with people, people at work, literally the other day, just found about, you found out about my music. I was bumping my music in the truck and literally I'm just, I'm talking about Jesus and the guys in the truck and he's like, man, this is meaningful music. And I don't even think he's a believer. So, it just comes and it comes naturally. Sometimes it comes accidentally like that happened, you know, for me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think you don't have to overthink it. Uh, I think it does come naturally and, uh, you should be at peace. I'm not telling commanding people to be at peace, but there is a peace to know that discipleship can come naturally and God can actually have it as a divine moment, you know, between you and that person or you and in that group and things like that. Yeah,
0: That men's group, the one that I'm really a part of is it just super super impactful. You are super. Um, of it. <laughs> I said that because I'm not a part of it as much as I should be. I'm just busy man. But um, mm. you know you're you're right. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack that a little bit because you said it, it should be organic, it should be natural, and people are probably thinking, well, if it hasn't happened yet, then God must not be wanting me because it would have happened naturally mm. already. And it's like, well, organic and natural. Mm means you're actually aware of the opportunities God's creating, right? So I think Tanner and I are not saying discipleship is all about creating the opportunity. It's actually about, the picture that comes to mind is on the back of those cereal boxes when I used to eat like garbage cereal as a kid. Sometimes you'd get those like little 3D glasses where on the back of the box there's like a maze and you put the glasses on and you're seeing what's already there because you you're looking through the right lens. And I think people aren't, are going, That's good. how do I need to, I, I need to, but, but it, stop, stop. All we're saying is put on the glasses, see life through the lens of God's word and through the lens of he's called me to make disciples and then go, where are the opportunity to, yeah. opportunities that are already present? <laughs> I said opportunity to, opportunities yeah. that are already there that God has put <laughs> right there, but you're not looking for it. So I think when we say, you know, how does discipleship become mm-hmm. a priority? Uh, it it means you're actively looking for it, not overthinking it, not overanalyzing life to the point where it's like I'm in the bathroom. How can I disciple? It's <laughs> where in your life, you know, are you actively, uh, you know, where I guess in your life are you not actively uh, evaluating up, opp- you know, it for opportunities to disciple and invest into people. People, it's funny. A lot of Christians aren't. It's not even on their radar. It's not. Um, and so I just I hope that you'll see that believers are called to see the world and life through the lens of god has called me to make disciples in some capacity mm. in each environment he places me in am i looking for it am i open am i aware mm. am i being led by the spirit that's how you can begin to make discipleship a priority it's just by looking for it
1: yeah and to put it in a kind of in a phrase in the way that you were saying it it's not forcing an opportunity for me to disciple, uh, not necessarily all the time, but being willing for God to create those opportunities for me. Because I think when we get, we overwhelm ourselves and become very anxious when we think we have to force an opportunity to disciple somebody. And I think it's actually really awesome when you invest in relationships and see who God brings into you and and, and and draws near to you. Because I've seen that before where I've just I've been present in groups. I've been present in, you know, youth group for example I'll use. I've just been present, right? I've just been there. I've just been there to play games and and build those relationships and pray over students and be in small groups. And God naturally draws those that He want He wants you to disciple to you. And you'll see that because you'll pray about it and you'll have that discernment and you'll and you'll see the connection that God is making and it might be a you know a series of events and things like that like you might not be even asking for uh the opportunity to disciple that person but God brings that person into your life in a divine moment or you know just over time where it's like okay I can see clearly like I have this you know this this sudden uh realization that you know this is a person that I'm supposed to disciple and honestly, like, there was a moment recently that happened, like, with for me that happened when I just started, you know, this job. And it was clear that God, like, over time was, was uh, building this rela- – I was having this relationship built. Weird way to phrase that. Anyways, I was building this relationship with this person, and over time I could see more and more. And God was revealing to me every time that this was somebody that I was supposed to invest in. And, and have this this relationship grow into like a friendship and where I could actually be somebody who is there for this person. And I, I can see now that those moments of taking those steps of obedience where I'm like, okay, God, I see what you're doing. Like I see you're, you're planting seeds and you're making things happen and you're opening doors. And it was just, it was so, the only way I can describe it is divine because I wouldn't have chosen that for myself, but I saw that God was opening a door. And it challenged, it's challenging me as somebody who is striving to be a disciple maker because God doesn't give you people to disciple just by your choice or who you would desire. He actually gets you out of your comfort zone sometimes. Maybe it's somebody you're unfamiliar with. Maybe it's somebody that you you know have things in common with. And I've just seen that relationship grow over time. Even though we have our differences, it's clear that God has brought that person into my life out of the blue for me to disciple. And it's cool because you see God's handiwork over it.
0: Yeah, and that leads into the next question, which is what are some effective ways to disciple? And um, you know, as much as we say that it should be organic and natural and just the byproduct of following Jesus faithfully each day, Mm there is still a, a degree of me seeking for it and creating space for yep. it. That's the second That's dimension good. is you're not just looking for it. You're not just open. You're actually uh, cr- intentionally creating space yep. in your life for yep. that at work, on your lunch break, in, you know, in, in the living room, on the couch with your kids Mm. in the middle of, you know, the YouTube videos they're watching while the ad plays, you're thinking of, it's not just, I'm thinking of how I can disciple. It's you're creating space for that to take place in a more natural, effective way. You know, so whatever that might be like taking your kids to church, um, you know, taking them out to lunch after having a date with each of your kids and especially your spouse throughout the week, um, you know, I, I make myself available. Just a practical example: mm. if anyone needs to talk, I have made myself available through a website called Calendly. People can schedule phone calls with me. Just do, people who are wrestling with their faith or mm, really cool. you know, struggling and fighting, and and so I can. There are calls that I have intentionally set aside throughout the week. Not not so much that I'm overwhelmed. But I I have chosen to put myself Mm -hmm. out there. I put the work in to put you know make it possible for people to just click a link and go. You know what Tuesday at three, I've put the work in and created space for that to happen. The question is, are we doing that in our spheres of influence? Are we doing that you know as coworkers? Are are we doing that as spouses and neighbors? Are we doing that as pastors? Or is it just that you're so overloaded with the sermon you don't have time for people? So, you know what are some effective ways to disciple? be uh, open to the leading of the spirit, be, you know, um, looking for those opportunities, but then simultaneously be creating space so that when the opportunity arises, you know, a a good example would be in in terms of money. Um, like I don't always know when God's going to call us to give, but I do at the beginning of the month, set aside X amount of money for when the opportunity arises to give. Am I giving immediately? no, no. But am I setting something aside so that when the opportunity arises, Mm -hmm. I'm ready and I've created space? Yeah. So I think you can recognize the opportunity and be like, oh shoot, this is overwhelming because you didn't mentally, emotionally create space for, you know, in your own heart and mind and in your schedule Mm -hmm. for the opportunity God laid in your lap. And then when it comes, you're like, I can't handle this. And God's like, you were looking for this, Mm -hmm. but you didn't create space for this. So what are effective ways to disciple? Uh, There are so many ways to, to answer that question. Um, but it's always like we bring it back to the last episode. It's always going to move people towards Jesus discipleship. It's going to build them up. It's going to be investing into their life in some capacity, um, time wise, financially with your gifts, serving relationally. And, and it's always with the intentional strategic purpose Mm. of, I want you to be closer to Jesus and more capable of following him on your own without me in the picture. Mm. So what are effective ways to do that? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any right now, but maybe something comes to mind for you.
1: I think simply it's just time spent, um, just generally speaking. It's just time spent, and it doesn't mean you have to spend money necessarily. Plenty of times I have just taken car rides with like <laughs> with students having like one-on-one time with them uh, and literally just spending that time with them, going to a park and... You know, playing sports or playing catch or shooting hoops. Um, You know, there's there's plenty of ways. Like inviting them over to your house. You know, having that again. It's just that time spent where you are investing into somebody to create opportunity uh, for that discipleship to happen. And again, practically, it's not always going to be, "Hey, come over and have a Bible study with me." It can be that way, which is awesome. But I do think that relationships do have to build you know, for you to get to that point. Now, can it happen organically where a student's like, hey, or just, you know, a disciple's a student, same thing, um, where a disciple is saying, hey, I would love to, you know, read this passage with you so I could, you know, understand it better. It doesn't always happen like that. But again, that's just a practical way that that can happen. Uh, even just having a set up, you know, a time that's set apart where you can pray with a person. These are just practical ways that you can do it that doesn't necessarily uh, involve finances. But then, of course, there's ways where you can go on trips. You can uh, go to, you know, coffee, go to a restaurant, you know, shoot, go to a theme park if you really have the money. Like whatever it is, it's that time spent, that quality time with that person where you're building that relationship. You're making memories with them, and also I think there's just an element of building trust, so that person, you know, knows to call on you in certain situations where, you know, in key moments where they're in difficult situations or things like that, they know to call on, you know, to call you for for that prayer or call you for that encouragement, call you for that affirmation, whatever it might be. It's those it's those moments of of building. Uh, those relationships where people look back to, and, and me personally, I do have experiences like that where I look back at just times of just quality time spent with a person where I was like, I trust that person. You know, I, I you know, go to that person in any time of my life. And I, I think it's, it's really important uh, to know that time spent is really effective for discipleship.
0: When it comes to, you know, I, I really want to discuss the the ideas of being discipled, but I want to kind of prolong that till the next episode where we talk about how do we be discipled? Yeah. What are some environments to, to do that in? But we'll end with this. Um, you know, what are some practical environments and communities that you can exist in in order to disciple people? And then a follow-up question with that to maybe further answer that question would be, what are some practical ways we can... Um, some practical steps we can take to start building relationships um, that can develop into a discipleship opportunity, because um, mm. yeah, there's there are these steps along the discipleship process that are going to be unique with each individual. You know, some people will stay longer in the phase of just getting to know you and not trusting you, and other people it mm. it's just like you know we coworkers, we talk here and there during lunch, we don't go out, you know. Um, and so, Mm -hmm. and, and each person discipleship, the process of discipleship is so unique and relative to each person. And so to, to say like, look at the whiteboard, see that discipleship formula, that's going to look like, that's going to look, you know, similar for Greg, for Nancy, for Jeremy, every person it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, every, everyone is so uniquely different, different background and upbringing and gifts and culture and you know, level of trust they have with you. So, um, you know, what are some environments practically that you can exist in to disciple people? We talked about family. We talked about being in the home, especially being the leader of a home, um, in some capacity, whether you're the husband, the head of the home or or the wife who's, you know, leading the children alongside the husband or whether you're in church, church leadership, um, some serving servant leadership position, um, as a volunteer even, that can be a huge discipleship opportunity. I think people assume no, yeah. like discipleship can't happen unless I have a title or a label. It's like false. You know, in your job, in your you know your work environment, you might even be able to disciple your boss for crying out loud uh, without like mm-hmm. sitting down and having him sign the paperwork and go, do you want to be discipled by me? It's going to be an extra 50 an hour for you. Uh, but just to go, hey, you're my boss. I see your need for Jesus. So I'm going to begin investing into you. Um, without letting that boss coworker or boss employee relationship kind of keep me timid, uh, or, or neighborhood, I love the neighborhood, you know, idea where there are people in your neighborhood. I just met, you know, my neighbor here in South Carolina for the first neighbor I've ever met. And I see a, a huge opportunity to begin speaking into his life. Um, he has a wife mm. and two kids and such. So, you know, whether it's, I don't know, any other environment or, uh, cultural context or. Uh, community that you can think of just practically for each person, online creators, right? You have a YouTube channel, a discord, mm-hmm. a TikTok, tock and Instagram. You're in a youth group. I probably, I probably yeah. got all of them. So I left you nothing. I apologize for that.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, well, I think extracurricular is a, like a vast realm, uh, for community. And I think that includes, you know, things like, uh, sports, art, um, I mean, I guess you could even say school in a sense. Um, there's just different. There's different ways to be involved in community, um, where you can meet people that have similar giftings as as you, um, people that have more experience in you with certain certain giftings, people that have less, you know, experience and things like that. And so, for me, like I relate this to music, of course, and I'm I've been discipled, uh you know not not necessarily like i know there's a difference between um there's a difference between you know encouraging somebody in their gifts and affirming them in discipleship in a sense um but i have been discipled uh mutually along with being affirmed in my gifts and things like that and it's been encouraging because when i've been discouraged about you know anything like i mean that's why we have coaches in sports and things like that you know, some some of you coaches out there, if you're a coach and you're listening, you can be a disciple maker as well. You know, for your, um, those students that are on your team, and there's just there's different realms where you can be a part of, be, in, be involved in, and where you can see opportunity. And again, it can come naturally, it can come planned. But for me personally, like when I've when I've experienced it, and like this music realm. Uh, it's been when I've been insecure and I need someone to talk to, I need some, you know, encouragement. I always, you know, I'll put out kind of like a feeler of like, Hey, what do you think about this? And things like that. Extracurricular. I know I'm getting kind of on a rabbit trail, but extracurricular is definitely an opportunity where there's just, there's activities that you do. You go hiking with a group, uh, you play sports, you know, in your community, you go to a park and you play basketball. I've had opportunities out on a basketball court over here in the neighborhood where I've talked to, you know, kids that are probably in junior high about Jesus, like Mm. literally the most simple things where you can have these conversations. And over time, like I would see them at the park again, like I would go and, you know, shoot hoops at the park and I see them, they know, they know me, I know them, you know, we know each other's names. And I've talked to them about, you know, hey, like where do you go to church, you know, just different things like that. And you just, again, it's that that icebreaker where you start building those relationships and you see the relationships and the bonds uh, strengthen over time as you continue to go in those routines and those places. And so the sports that you go to, uh, the theaters that you're, you know, theater uh, organizations that you're a part of. Uh, the school programs that you're in, all those different things are just different opportunities that you can place yourself in, not necessarily overwhelm yourself with. But maybe it's something that you love and that you're passionate about where you can also find opportunities to disciple people.
0: I got one that you missed. When you get sent to the principal's office, that's a huge opportunity to disciple your principal super. or just get, you know. <laughs> purposely sent to the principal's office. I don't know what they call it nowadays, but it was the after school <laughs> detention. Get, go purposely oh get gosh. sent to detention so you can disciple those kids because they need Jesus. That's right, I'm suffering just saying, for Jesus. Everything we're listing is yes. not an exhaustive list of you know context where you can disciple. We're just trying to give you as many uh, ways to see life through the lens of discipleship as we possibly can. Yeah. And so you know the mm-hmm. practical ways to disciple people, the practical steps we can take, is just begin to I I mean on a practical level, if I were you guys listening, I would take out a piece of paper on my phone or on my laptop and I start listing all the different environments and communities and context that I'm in. Then I start listing out what opportunities I might think through and pray and meditate on uh, where in your life and in your past in those environments where have you had opportunity to disciple that you missed it or where do you currently have opportunity that you might not be seeing um, ask God to, to give good. you clarity like this these are practical ways to start moving into uh, a mode of discipleship a way of living where discipleship is priority and discipleship is a it matters to you you know so I would write these things down I'd ask you know people that I trust for ideas on, on ways to, cause once you recognize and identify an environment and a possible person or, or, uh, you know, an opportunity in that environment, then I'd bring that before the Lord or before someone else that I trust and go, how might I begin to approach this person um, and, and start, you know, throwing seeds out there, hoping they land and hoping I, I get some bites. So I want to see if discipleship is an opportunity here. And if not, you know, I'll kind of pull away and go where God you know, says will be fruitful because sometimes what you do is you throw seeds out. You're just kind of gauging where a person is. You say a few things about Mm. God. You say a few things about church. You say, you know what I mean? You start to gauge like how open are they to being discipled? And maybe right now in the process of discipleship, your role in their life is just to plant the seeds for someone else to come and water. And that's fine. That's still a, a, a a kind of discipleship. But Mm. you know, I would list these things out very practically. I'd think through them. I'd pray through them. Mm. Um, and then I'd begin, you know, Thinking through how I can start to develop a relationship with Thomas, with Franklin, uh, great names, with with Patrice, whatever <laughs> it ends up being, whoever is available.
1: <laughs> well, I think along with what you're saying, uh, I don't, I don't want the the listeners and even myself to feel the pressure of every single person that I have to uh, that I that I disciple has to be this super deep and intimate, you know, level of discipleship. I think every relationship, you know, with discipleship, I think there's different levels depending on the person that, you know, God is calling you to disciple. I mean, again, we kind of talked about it last episode. Even Jesus himself had different, you know, levels of discipleship in different groups that he was discipling, you know, whether it was one-on-one with Peter where it was like really raw and intimate and very deep and then also um, explicit in a sense um And then with uh, the three, uh, Peter, James, and John, you know, it was still a very strong level of discipleship, but maybe not as explicit in a sense as, P- you know, Jesus was with Peter. Yeah. Um, and then you go to the 12, it's more, again, like throwing out the seeds in a sense. When I think you know, about Judas, use that. Jesus probably just FaceTimed
0: yeah. Judas at a distance. Just probably FaceTimed him. Absolutely. Didn't get close. Yeah,
1: just, I'm absolutely... Kind yeah, like we're doing. Yeah, I think I'm... <laughs> are you Judas in this <laughs> situation go or, or am I Judas? I, I was going to go that way. Yeah, maybe I am in this certain situation because I'm i Maybe in some here.
0: way we're both <laughs> Judas, but we're still accepted by the grace of God.
1: So anyways, there's different levels of discipleship. And uh, I don't think you have to put the expectation on yourself, listener, Uh, you who is listening, I don't think you need to put the expectation on yourself that every single relationship that I have is going to be on the deepest level of discipleship. I think God calls you to certain people that you're going to have deeper relationships with and others that I wouldn't necessarily call it surface level. But in a sense, yeah. Yeah, it might just be more of a friendship and you're, again, like you said, planting those seeds so that somebody else can water it. I'm sure you did plenty of times where you were a youth pastor and there was somebody that you couldn't necessarily have a deeper relationship with, but then you gave that opportunity to us as, you know, leaders that were under you to go and you know, uh, to water the seeds that you had planted in those people. So, yeah, um, I think that's a perfect example.
0: Yeah. I'll end with a small story. You remember with the pizza ministry that we did at youth group, you know, when you have like 150 to 200 kids coming into your door in in the span of 20, 25 minutes, you can't talk to all of them. So what I'll do is I'd shoot out a five, ten minute sermon, hope it lands somewhere in their hearts, and then y'all would be around to have like the deeper conversations with them and you know, over the period of however many weeks throughout the year they go to school, every week we're having pizza, every week they're coming through, every week they're here in a message, even if it's for ten minutes, that builds up. And the relationship you can have over time with someone, even if it's just ten minutes here and there and passing every week, that can grow, right? So that's going to be different than the amount of influence I'll have, you know, on my younger brother or sister I live with. That's going to be less of an influence, you know, at the pizza ministry than I'll have on the youth group kids that come Wednesday night for two hours and go to the events and go to church on Sunday. So there are degrees Mm -hmm. of discipleship and we need to be okay with that. And not frustrate the process and go, well, if I'm going to disciple someone, every single person I'm going to impact and influence in a discipleship capacity, I have to have yep. equal investment, equal relationship. It's like, not possible. Jesus didn't do that. Yeah. It's not possible. He yep. picked 12. He had the three. He had Peter. You know, he had the concentric circles mm. as they get smaller. So we can learn from that. But any closing thoughts mm. as we close this episode of discipleship?
1: To bounce off that, the for the two extremes... The go-getter has the danger of uh, burnout and overwhelming themselves because they try to have every single relationship that's under the umbrella of discipleship uh, to be so, so deep and so intimate that they overwhelm themselves and don't give time to necessarily focus on one relationship. And then on the other extreme, you have uh, those who maybe are lacking in discipling people, and they have the danger of not impacting somebody's life. And both extremes are really dangerous uh, in the church. And I think um, there is a healthy balance that you have to discern and ask God about of where he wants you to be. And again, be aware of both extremes and evaluate yourself because you know yourself and Jesus knows you better than anybody. So ask him.
0: Yes. Jesus knows you better than anyone. And so it's best to bring these decisions, these opportunities potentially to God and say, what do you want to do with this, Lord? So this is episode two on discipleship. Later, fam. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Approach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to aboveapproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card, you can give through PayPal, Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources. Our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.